This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, I'm Nick DiMatteo and welcome to week 192 and video episode number 18 of 4T, the Thursday throwback track. Every week I take a release from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, uh, throw in some other things and I talk about how it has influenced my music. This week uh, it's an 80s uh, post-punk, new wave, post-new wave band uh, that had some success. Uh, the Alarm and their 1989 album Change. I, I love this cover, and I love how the you know the insert you know is see through and all that stuff. Um, sometimes I pull something out of my collection, and I'm like, uh, I know exactly what to write. I know exactly what to say. It's easy, uh, like last week and, and other weeks. And other times I pull it out and I say, uh, what? I don't have any idea, and I have got to refresh my memory and all that. But sometimes I pull something out of my collection and I'm like, I know what I'm going to say, I know what this means. And then I start digging into it and I realize I was wrong. Uh, One of the great things I think about revisiting the past in this way is finding out how wrong you can be. Because you're you're refining who you are and what your memory is and what what things mean to you and all of that. I think it's one of the great parts of this uh, exercise and this journey. for example, with this band, and you know, or in general, a memory gets stuck in your head. Not, not, not a big life-changing memory, but the kind that's like, oh yeah, I remember that, and it, and it, and it starts to mean something to you. And then, like a mental game of telephone, it gets warped, 
and uh, over the years, it, it morphs into, uh, kind of solidifies into a certain, uh, it has certain qualities to it and certain aspects and facts to it, facts, quote unquote. And uh, that memory gets stored in your brain, it overwrites the original, like pristine memory. And other thoughts and feelings get attached to it until all of a sudden this memory becomes something that it, that it wasn't. But it gets overwritten not in a digital way. It gets it gets overwritten in an analog way. Like like if you have any experience with cassettes and recording on cassettes, and let's say you desperately wanted to record something on the radio that you heard. I'm you know really this is a throwback. Here, like Thursday. Um, and you ran out of cassettes, so you have to record over an old cassette that you didn't really want anymore. If you do that too many times, uh, the cassette gets it gets a little thinner and thinner, so the original content kind of starts to bleed through in places where you the, you know record it over. That's kind of what happens with memories like this. That original memory is still there. You're just overwriting it with uh, misconceptions, honestly. So for years, I remembered this band, The Alarm, as a pet band, as a band that was like, ooh, this is not U2, who they were often compared to because they had a similar trajectory. They came from a, a part of the, you know, it's, you know, in that whole British Isles. Uh, they're Welsh, not Irish, but they... Late 70s, post-punk, and, and, you know, a similar kind of uh, big voice like that. They even opened for you 2 I think, on a tour. And, and they never quite got as big as them, but they were there was a period in the mid-80s where some critics and people thought that they might get that big. And, uh, you know, that, that, oh, this was a special band for me because not as many people knew about it and all that stuff. And then I pull the album out and I listen to it, and particularly this song, let's give it a second. Saw Me Down the River, which was their big single off of this. And I'm like, yeah, I remember it, but wow, this is not exactly what I thought it was, right? And and the more I read into them, the more I, you know, uh, learned and relearned some more things about them, the more I realized that I had this way wrong. I actually had to dig to find out why why they even made the impression uh, on me that they did. Because clearly, yes, you 2 and the connection and all of that stuff, and I've always been into British bands and post-New Wave, post-punk, and that kind of coolness, but I didn't understand what difference this band made, you know, to, to, to me. And then, I did, and then I found that two years before this album, in 87, they released uh, uh, another album, and the song on that was called Rescue Me, which I think was their biggest hit in the States, I want to say, and it was the one that really captured me because it was like a U2-ish sound, but in a more uh, kind of less ponderous way. Not that I'm judging that. I love U2's top five for me, so go go Bono. Yeah, it's ponderous as you want, you know, but but they, they had a bit of I, lighter, but not lighter like frothy, you know, and so I thought, oh, that's another iteration of how this sound can go, and it inspired me or so I thought, to take a song I had written 10 years before and rewrite it in that style. I even said that a week or two ago when I shared that song, um, that, that's, that that's what I did. But I have a feeling I'm act, I was actually completely wrong. You know, what, what I think happened was, it could have been another band that inspired me with that song. I thought it might have been The Call, but they don't sound like that. And I don't really remember now which band it might have been. But I think happened was I found that song Rescue Me, loved it, that oh, I'm going to get their next release. And in 89, I go and I pull, you know, I, and I buy this and it's still in great condition, probably because I didn't play it much. Because I remember, I, I think I'm remembering now that I listened to it and I was underwhelmed. I was like, ah, 
you know, I kind of hoped they were going in one direction, they went another direction, or they, they did, you know, and, and, and to me, what this did was then, it, 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 and, I, and it's partly in the text below, you can read it, um, I subtitled it the one after the good one, and I'm not judging that this is a good album, but what I mean is that one thing that really captured you that you thought was good in a way that hit your heart, then you're like, oh, I can't wait for the next one, and the next thing comes out, and you're like, eh, you know. Um, and it got me thinking how finicky we as fans are. And I'm coming at this really from both the fan and the artist standpoint. And let's, you know, start with the fa fans are mercurial, they're finicky, they're very passionate. And I'm talking about passionate music fans, not people who, you know, listen to music in the background and that's pleasant, wonderful for them. Not my kind of vibe or person when it comes to music. Um, I think it is hard for both fans and artists. I think it's hard for the fan because fans know what they want. They want what they want, even if they don't consciously know it. It's what strikes them in a certain way. But yet they, you know, let's say a band is in a certain sound. There are a lot of fans who are like, I want that sound, but I don't want it exactly the same. I want it slightly different, but I don't want it too different. And I certainly don't want them to go off in the left field. Uh, but if they repeat themselves, and I'm kind of done with that too. So it, it, it's such a fine tuning as a fan to be satisfied with the next release from an artist and to be satisfied with an artist's career trajectory. And I, I respect that, I understand that, I know what that is. There've been so many times where uh, a favorite artist of mine has released an album and I've been like, nah, damn it, I wish it was something else. But then what you, you have to do is, and this is I think the difference between a band that's your core band, they used to say Desert Island Disc or whatever, or a band that you just like. And that is, are you willing to go along with them for the ride? With through their peaks and valleys, through their left fields and right field turns, and 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 and, and uh, they're repeating themselves or going crazy or whatever it is, and accept them as a whole, as a body, the way you would with a family member whom you love and and, and get along with. You're not gonna like everything they do or agree with everything they do, but you take them as a as a whole, and and respect and love them. And of course, you know, uh, Beatles like that. I mean, think about the change the Beatles make from their really rich bubblegum pop into things like Rubber Soul Revolver, Sgt. Peppers, or Bob Dylan when he went electric. And there were fans who went nuts for both of them were like, screw you, what are you doing? You're messing with success. And other fans who were like, yeah, go for the big change. And then fans are in the middle who were like, I don't know if I like this, do I? I'm not sure. But, but if you hung in, then you decide over time, this is a band that's core for me and you get richly rewarded because you realize that they are expressing their world. And, and that to me is why I think it's hard for an artist and I'm gonna say even way harder for an artist than it is for a fan in this relationship because let's say you're not an artist who succumbs to uh, pressures of success and popularity and trends and, and, and oh, I had success with this kind of song, I'm gonna do that song again. But you're an artist who's just being an artist who's saying, this is the music I love, this is what I do, I'm gonna do this. Oh, I wrote this song, I'm gonna do it in this way. I'm gonna change, I'm gonna add this to it. I'm, I'm a, an active artist who listens, who engages with the community, etc., etc. You know, all you're trying to do is follow your muse, follow your inspiration and do what you do. 
And, and no, you know, you do want to have the relationship with the fans. I know I do. I know I want fans to love everything I do, or at least love enough of what I do to follow me along. Um, but you can't be beholden to that. And that's what makes it, uh, you know, so tenuous and such a, such a tricky, fine-tuning kind of thing. Um, Catherine, my, my girlfriend, mentioned that, that a lot of Lady Gaga fans did that when she released something that was really unlike what she had done before. And again, and she's not a core for me. But I understand why she would be for many other people, because boy, is she following her music and expressing her entire world in the music that she does. And that's, I think, you know, that's what I want. I think that's what passionate music fans want from an artist is, is, is when they find an artist that they link to heart to heart, they're expressing that world that they can get into as much as the artist does and can follow along with that journey. And, 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 and so you can see why, and I've listened to entire catalogs of artists from beginning to end, chronologically, 40, 50, 60 times. And what I've found is tons of peaks and valleys, especially ones that have a trajectory of 40 years or, or, or more, even 30 years. And, and that eventually when the madness dies down, those artists who are still into it and are still, this is what they do, this is why they live, find their core again or find the thing they're like I don't care who likes what and they end up producing work as good as if not better than their their you know most famous work but long past their due date you know suppose you know supposedly um, because as we know popularity and trends are very different from artistry hundred years from now no one's going to care who said what in 1985 about U2 as opposed to 1995 about U2 they're going to look at the band and say hey you know they were um, legends and etc. And it's how people do it with the Beatles now. You may prefer a certain era, but as a whole, whether you like or dislike certain parts, you've got to respect their their, their entire world, their body of work, the trajectory, the, the, the world that they express through their music. So what I'm saying, as an artist, you know, uh, we need to be uh, aware of the impact we have on listeners. And I'm going to get to that in a second. As fans, we need to be patient. We need to allow artists to breathe. We need to allow artists to do what they do. And yeah, call them the task when they've clearly gone in a direction that does not work for them, like when Chicago went disco. There's actually some good songs on that one album, but that is, you know, nice try. But again, body of work they're a core band for me so i accept them as a whole even in their you know crappy 90s days um but we need to have that patience the the the, the, the for the artists to whom we love or want to love or are trying to love be forgiving be accepting of the human side of creation the ins and outs of all of that we need to actually listen that's one of the things i, I talk about conversation connection but one i think the main reason i do this beyond all that is that I want people to understand what real listening is. It's not, I heard 10, 30 seconds, 40 seconds of a song. I heard a song once all the way through. It's, if it's something you think you might like, give it minimum three chances. Listen to it three times. You're gonna get something different from it each time. And if at the end of the third time you're like, yeah, it's all right, or I hate it, fine. But you may discover that third time, it sinks into you. I've done that with albums, and I've been like, oh my God, I thought this album was... And then it just had so many greater rewards underneath, you know? It's like good cooking. Blow you away, blow me away with hot sauce, but if you got the right mix of earthy herbs and spices that kind of creep up on you, 
the way a good wine, good coffee does, good beer. That's what you want. That's what lasts, you know. So um, listen to the, the two links for the two songs that I have two this week for a reason, because one of them is from over 20 years ago. Well, a song called Too Good To Me. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I haven't performed it live much because of the certain nature of it. And then listen to a song that I released recently that's going to be on an EP of mine this year called Polymath. And you can hear the 20-year the gap, the connection between those two songs, but the difference in the evolution. And and let me know if you if you hear the... Does it sound like the same artist? Does it... You know, me. Does it sound like um, a change that makes sense? Were there left turns in there? Listen to other music from those releases, too, um, as, as you go through, and see if you can hear the through line in all of the incredibly nutty genre changes that I've had over the years. And, and uh, go back and find another band that you love or that you weren't sure you loved and do the same thing with them and see how you feel about the journey that they've taken. And do, you know, start with a band you love and say, why do I love them even though they went here and went there and then went back to here and then, and then ended up here? Figure that out. And then apply that to another band that you're like, I don't understand what they did or why everybody else loves them, you know? Let me know what artists you feel the same with it. Have you been disappointed with certain releases? Like, true confession, I was disappointed with Joshua Tree when it came out because I loved Unforgettable Fire so much. Um, and then I was disappointed with Rattle and Hum because I love Joshua Tree so much. But what, what did I say? Disappointed with Joshua Tree, then loved it because it gave it some time. I let, I let the artists do what they were doing and breathe into where they were gone. So uh, I could say a ton more, but thank you again for listening, for watching, for clicking, for sharing, for subscribing, for all of that stuff. Uh, please read the alt text that I have underneath there. Click on the link for this album, The Alarm, The Change. Let me know if you have any affinity for it or anything that they've done. Uh, click on the links to my songs, listen to them, and, and uh, look at the questions that I wrote down. They're similar to what I just asked. And uh, comment, please comment, comment, comment. Share everything that you want to because, again, other than the listening, which I've confessed is my main goal, uh, my other main objectives here with music, conversation and connection. Thanks again. Um, glad we can share these things during the times that we're living in, and I will see you next week.